Well, good morning. Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday morning. Uh, we have another exciting guest, and let's get to it. And now, the moment you all have been waiting for, boys and girls around the world, let's get ready to broker. By way of Boca Raton, Florida, he is the owner agent of Goosehead Insurance, JSR Insurance Services. He graduated with his MBA at Nova Southeastern University and his undergrad at FSU. Go Knowles. His hometown is Chicago, Illinois, but he's a Miami Heat fan? Go Heat! Stand up and make some noise for Justin Goosehead Ross. What's up? How you doing, Dave? <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So let's talk insurance. <laughs> we'll get right into it. Sounds good. Uh, you know, um, property insurance is, uh, you know, it's it's really inexpensive. It's really affordable in South Florida. <laughs> so we, uh, we uh, you know, we really don't have much to talk about, do we? Oh, no, not at all. Yeah, that's the word on the street. <laughs> and, there's, and, and there's so many insurance companies wanting to insure uh, Florida. So, uh, you know. Let's talk about insurance. You know, uh, you know, we've discussed with the legislature about how, you know, um, whether it's uh, property insurance, you know, the rates, um, you know, what uh, what's going on with insurance, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, you know, we constantly look for short term solutions. However, it doesn't seem like there are short term solutions, even though we're, you know, they're trying and, you know, the entire legislature is trying, you know, they understand that, you know, the property insurance is a big, big time issue. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. No, um, I would say the number one question that I get is why the rates are going up and, you know, what's happened. And literally uh, every client I have pretty much is calling me for the same reason. Right. Death threats and you know, all that kind <laughs> pretty of stuff. Much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much the way it's going. So um, just to kind of give a, I guess, a quick explanation of why that might be the case. Um, it stems from some laws that were in effect um, that had just been changed actually for this upcoming year, um, where we had a lot of roofers that were knocking on doors, offering people new roofs where they probably didn't need new roofs. And um, they would, you know, basically sign the rights away or the client would sign the rights away to the um, roofers to go ahead and replace the roofs and handle the claim and then attorneys would get involved, and there's fees and, and things like that that really, um, honestly, was so aggressive with um, how the claims got out of control that it bankrupt. I think we're up to seven or eight companies now um, in the state. So, um, and the ones that are still here have lost a lot of money. So, what's naturally happening as a result of this, plus the fact that the hurricanes are getting bigger, stronger, and slower. Um, and the reinsurance costs are going up for a lot of these companies. And as a result of it, the rates are, are going up dramatically for, you know, you and I and everyone else that's in the state of Florida. So, um, you know, that, that's kind of what's caused it. And then as far as you'd mentioned short-term versus long-term solution, you're absolutely right about that. It is going to take some time. Um, there is reason to be cautiously optimistic about the market moving forward, um, based on the fact that, um, there was some legislation that was passed at the beginning of the year that was very meaningful to the industry. And as a result of that legislation, um, companies that are currently doing business here will hopefully eventually open up if things go the right way. And it also makes it a little more attractive for new companies to come into the market as well. Um, so combination so, of both of those things. So 
you know, has has there been any new activity, right? There's, has there been some new companies that have come in? You know, um, you know, the word on the street, right? So, you know, to kind of going back to the assignable rights and mm-hmm. things that we've uh, we've discussed. You know, I mean, basically that forty thousand dollar roof. You still, you know, you you would make a claim on the forty thousand dollar roof, and insurance company would deny it. You mm-hmm. go get a an adjuster, a, you know, a roofer, an attorney, and that same forty thousand. You still got the forty thousand dollars for the roof, but three four months later, that forty thousand dollar roof became a hundred and fifty thousand dollar roof because of all the adjustment costs on the attorneys, and that's exactly what exactly bankrupt, bankrupted um. Yeah. Uh, many of the companies. But that being said, you know, let's talk about a little bit of a, maybe it's a, miscon- a misconception, maybe it is not. Mm-hmm. You know, roofs, if they're 15, 20 years old, right? So we have a lot of agents going out there and, you know, listing property and most of the roofs are old. I mean, uh, quite honestly, they're old. You know, they're, they're 20 years old, they're 25 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, are there insurance markets for it? And what should realtors do when listing a property that is has a roof for you know twenty years old, you know twenty years plus. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a very good question. And you're absolutely right. That's the same sense that I'm getting in the market from a lot of the business that I do too. Um, so the fact of the matter is, there's not a lot of markets for that type of uh, situation. However, um, citizens, the state of Florida, still does accept older roofs under certain conditions. And the key, if I were a real estate agent listing a property, I would uh, probably advise the client to do an inspection on the roof and probably just a four-point inspection in general on the property uh, with focus on the roof um, to make sure that there's um, no issues with it because it's very hard to insure with issues and also to make sure that it has enough years left of life. So uh, the landscape for that actually recently changed within the past month and a half or so where they're looking for five years or more left of life. And that really is the key. And I think when you're an agent that is taking on a listing, the more information that you gather ahead of time for this can really help you facilitate a deal a lot better than being proactive rather than reactive. Sure. No, I love it. Um, You know, is Citizens the only market for a 20-year-plus, 25-year-plus roof? In many cases, yes. And in that four-point inspection, it needs to say that it's five years, or can you get a roofer to attest that it has five years left of useful life? Ideally, you want to see it in the four-point inspection. All right. So, you know, so really it's it's putting a lot of responsibility on that inspector, obviously, um, by doing that four-point inspection. And um, it might be taking away a lot of the, you you know, a roofer gets paid, he goes up there, you know, as a as a homeowner or as an agent, you're going to say, I need to, to say five years or more, you know, and a roofer is more, you know, likely to say, yeah, whatever, you know, it's got five years left, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Four-point inspection <clears throat> may not always say that because uh, they don't have the same vested interest that a uh, roofer might have because they're doing the job. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <clears throat> so... How many insurers are there in the state of Florida now? There's like two? No, there's insurers. There's actually, you know, still quite a lot of them. The the issue. Um, Homeowner insurers. Yeah, still there is. There's quite a lot of them. However, however, um, a lot of them that are here are just not accepting new business or they're accepting new business under very strict parameters. Like it's got to be like new construction? Uh, New new construction, three years old, five years old, you know. uh, No, it goes a little bit. Uh, you know, a little bit more flexibility than that, but not much. 
And then there's the rates also, where yeah. even the companies that are doing business and might be offering insurance, uh, sometimes, you know, they're higher than what citizens might offer, you know, from a rate perspective, or it might be close. So let's talk about the legislation that, you know, we talked, you know, briefly, we talked about assignable rights and, and, and mm-hmm. things of, you know, getting rid of that. Um, you know, why is it more attractive for a new insurance company? And, you know, when do we think, I mean, and I understand you don't have the crystal ball, mm-hmm. but when do you think that it's going to be effective where insurance rates start coming down? Obviously, you know, that depends on whether we have a hurricane or, Absolutely. you know, you know, if we get through this hurricane season, you know, assuming that we get it with just a few scares or here and there, you know, when, when can we see it? Because, you know, that legislation also talks about, you know, you know, minimizing citizens, right? Citizens insurance has what a million, 1.3 million policies, I think in the state of Florida. Too many. Yeah. <laughs> Way too many. Too right? many. Yes. And, and I mean, citizens was supposed to be the insurer last resort. It's Correct. supposed to be the Lloyd of London, you know, policy in, for the state of Florida. So basically Florida is insuring Florida and yep. you know, you don't want to do that. Right. So, you know, how likely are we to get through this and minimize some of the citizens' policies? You know, when do you when do you think that's going to happen? So there's, um, you know, reasons, again, to be cautiously optimistic about the future. Um, I would say, you know, and again, everything that I'm talking about is contingent. So you're absolutely right about the hurricanes. We do need to have a quiet season, you know, and that would really help things, help get things moving. Um, I would say that new companies coming into Florida, it's not like there's droves of them, but there is a few, you know, that are kicking the tires on Florida. And um, that's something I would probably see relatively short term, you know, to come in. And the reason for that is because of the new laws and the fact that it is a little more of a favorable environment uh, for that to occur. Um, Now, as far as um, the legislation goes, um, the issue that has um, kind of caused us to be maybe a little bit more lengthy in a recovery than what we had hoped for is the fact that before that legislation was passed, there was a lot of lawsuits that were pushed through the docket and um, companies have to sort of work their way through that. And that could take some time. And, you know, I don't know that there's necessarily a timeline on that because I'm sure that every case is subjective. But if I had to say, generally speaking, I would probably say that there would be improvements in the market within you know, the beginning to mid of next year is what right. I would anticipate. And right now we're kind of in the, the crux of the crisis, so to speak. Yeah, no, it's, um, it, it's crazy. It's, uh, you know, insurance rates have, uh, you know, really skyrocketed, uh, you know, since, um, you know, the last three to five years is, it's, it's, really cra- it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, and we'll get to, uh, some of the things that are uninsurable, right? But uh, before we do that, you know, when, when, we, when uh, we were up in Tallahassee, we were speaking to Representative Skidmore talking about a compact, you know, and, 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 and what a compact is or, or what um, she explained it as was, you know, taking the highest risk, in, you know, states and getting them together to spread the risk across, you know, so that you have predictability, right? Mm-hmm. So you have California, Louisiana, you know, Florida, you know, maybe New York, whatever the, you know, the risks are, you put them in a compact. And then, you know, if California has an earthquake, but Florida has a quiet season, you could obviously spread that risk across those four or five, six states um, and make it. But, uh, you know, that I think is, again, 
more of a long-term solution. I think it's a, it's a brilliant idea. I, I, I hope that, uh, um, you know, they, they get some traction with that. Yeah. What's uninsurable? <laughs> a couple of things right off the bat. Um, one of the hardest things to insure right now, polybutylene pipes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know Personal that experience. First, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and to get into that and, you know, I called Justin because I, you know, I, I thought that I would, I was going to have a problem in selling my house. I went to go to sell my house. And uh, before I did, I said, you know what, I, let me, let me just get an insurance quote, make sure that, you know, because my roof was like, I think 27 years old. And I'm like, oh, you know, I have a 27 year old roof. It's not insurable. And he said, well, the roof's insurable. I said, oh, great. That's great. I'm going to go sell my house. And he said, but you got polybutylene, so you got to replace it. So imagine having to replace polybutylene piping while you're living in a house with three, you know, girls, a wife, and a, uh, and two dogs. Uh, not fun. No, sounds uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, go on. Tell us a little bit about um, why polybutylene is not uh, insurable and uh, what other things are not insurable at this point. Yeah, so polybutylene is probably the biggest one, you know, that comes to mind. And the reason for that is just because there is, um, there used to be options for this. So citizens recently tightened up their guidelines and they used to accept polybutylene pipes on homes that were 30 years and newer. And they, they um, uh, tightened that up quite a bit to where it's pretty much, you know, homes after 2003 at this point, which... I think you and I both know they don't have polybutylene pipes. Right, right. right. <laughs> so they, they kind of nixed that. And then there used to also be, you know, a lot of options on the non-standard market um, to provide, you know, temporary solutions, so to speak, you know, to kind of ensure this and then maybe move on to a standard policy after the polybutylene pipes were replaced. And that market has also tightened up dramatically, you know, as a result of the crisis. So it's kind of left um, a very difficult scenario for people that have these um, to get insured for that reason. So, so how do you find out? And, and, and I guess this is one of the issues because many people don't even know what polybutylene is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, to give a, a very brief synopsis of what it is, I mean, polybutylene piping had a class action lawsuit. They were pinholes in the, um, in the piping. And, um, you know, basically it was a manufacturer's defect. And essentially, you wouldn't know that there was a leak, you know, for years down the road and there would be, you know, mold and all kinds of crazy stuff that would be back there, right? Now, it's really, in my experience, it's mostly, you know, they group all the polybutylene together because that's how the insurance companies do. Um, But in all honesty, it's really the newer, um, newer polybutylene, like, that doesn't fail at all and it's the older stuff that does because they have you know i think it's the coupler or whatever but um you know when you're looking at it like you know, people don't even know they have it right in, in many cases so how does the insurance company know that they have it i mean the four-point inspection obviously but what if a, is a four-point inspection needed on every single um policy now uh no it's not needed on every single policy but for the homes that have polybutylene piping because of the age of the home, pretty much a four-point is going to be done on those properties. Now, a four-point inspection, <clears throat> also, um, you know, when they're checking the piping, they're looking at what they can see. Um, sometimes there's polybutylene piping and what they can't see. And um, that's something that might only be discovered, unfortunately, when there's an issue with it. Um, but, 
in, you know, the, an inspection is basically the way that insurance companies find out whether it is uh, beforehand from the client through a four point or whether it's after from an, um, an inspection by the company itself. Got it. All right. Um, what about PEX plumbing? PEX plumbing um, in general, it, it kind of depends on the, uh, the company with this. Uh, some companies don't have restrictions on it. Others like to see it installed within about five years or so. Um, some of them are a little more liberal. So it's kind of all over the place. And that, that's kind of more of a subjective thing with that type of plumbing. So when you do, the crazy thing is, is though, when you, in all honesty, like when you replace the polybutylene, you replace it typically with PEX plumbing. Yeah. You know, so you're saying five years or 10 years? It, it is subjected by the company. So again, Citizens really doesn't have restrictions on that type of plumbing, but there are companies who um, maybe, you know, don't like it as much, uh, maybe because there's a higher chance of a breach because of the material that's used for the, uh, the PEX piping. Wow. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, yeah, concerning. I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, because what do you, sp- are you normally do copper? Is that like, what do you, like, in, if you don't do PEX, what do you do? I think PEX is probably the most common replacement. Right. Absolutely. Right. I mean, I had an issue myself personally. They replaced it with PEX. And um, I just think it's probably the easiest to maneuver, you know, through the house as Got opposed it. to copper. But Copper and PVC is, you know, typically speaking, the materials that insurance companies prefer, it, generally speaking. But uh, with PEX piping, it is a little, you know, it, it's going to be viewed at differently, depending okay. on the company. All right. Um, anything else uh, that, you know, catches your uh, eye on uh, being uninsurable or things that a realtor should look out for or homeowners should be looking out for? Yeah, the biggest thing is, honestly, uh, the polybutylene piping is a big one that's very difficult to deal with right now. And also, just in general, um, electrical issues that might exist on a listing, or maybe there's roof issues that exist on a listing that maybe could be repaired. Um, These are things that, as a realtor, if I'm listing a property, I would look out for. And um, I would just encourage any realtor that is um, holding a listing to really just do some homework on it. Yeah, a four-point inspection, a pre... uh, It really helps. Yeah, yeah, because then at least you know what you're dealing with. Exactly, because um, I've been through countless deals where, you know, in this environment right now where these issues have really caused complications with getting deals done, and it's something that, you know, the more proactive you are as a realtor listing the property with this stuff, I think the more likely there is, you know, more higher chance there is of success. So... Like, are the rates in insurance, let's talk about property insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I go to Justin Ross and then I go to XYZ Insurance Company down the street, are they, if, if you're insuring through citizens or you're insuring yep. through a specific company, are they, the way that the property insurance is, are they, like, fixed rates? Or are they, uh, you know, is it like a promulgated rate? Or is it a, you know, it's, you know, whoever, you know, has a better rate? Yeah, and I think what you're asking is if there's variance between agencies, if you mm-hmm. get two quotes from citizens, let's say. And um, the answer to that is just in the, the way that the laws are with Florida. So when you're an insurance company and you're setting rates, you're actually filing that with the state of Florida and getting approved. So um, it doesn't matter what company it is, citizens or any other company. If you're comparing two quotes from the same company and there's different rates, it's only because the information is very different in those quotes. Like, like the dwelling um, insurance or, or like the deductibles are increased or right um, exactly. in order to lower the rate or whatever. Yeah. And, and to add on to that too, I will say, you know, the market has become very commoditized at this point because there's a lack of options and that's what happens. 
Um, so when there's citizens versus citizens, let's say, um, as a, a buyer of insurance, you have to be very careful that the person who is quoting you through citizens knows what they're doing because their underwriting process is very strict. It's very stringent. And it's important that um, insurance that gets passed through that underwriting process is presented in the right way um, to make sure that it's something that citizens will accept on their side of it and not make changes and you know end up billing the client down the line. No, agreed, agreed. So when renewals come up, you know, um, do the insurance companies look at claims? Do they look at, um, you know, um, you know, whatever? I mean, I know that, you know, and we'll get into this a little bit, um, you know, water claims, right. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of sticks to the, to the property. Um, what should a realtor do? How do they find out if there was a water claim or if there was an insurance claim on a particular property? Yeah, this can be a little bit tricky. So um, this is something that if there was a claim on a property during the application process with most of these companies, uh, that is something that will be run and that information will be revealed during that process. So that I can tell you. Um, the other thing is obviously to rely pretty heavily on the seller's disclosure um, because they may not know. And a lot of times you have to rely on the person that you're working with on the listing, you know, to mention if that's the case or if they know of it, you know, anything that's occurred, because that is something that insurance companies do uncover. And if they uncover, does that mean like they're not going to insure it? Uh, not necessarily. Again, that's subjective. Right. Um, and it depends on a lot of variables with that equation. So there are some companies that will completely nix the deal altogether and they don't want any instance of that in the past. Uh, there are others that might be a little more liberal towards it. It kind of depends on was the water damage claim at that property? Was it, you know, something that the client filed themselves and insurance companies look at this from completely different angles. So, I mean, if you're, if you're a, a um, seller mm -hmm. and you weren't the one who made the claim, it was a prior owner that made the claim, mm -hmm. but it was on the specific property, you can be penalized based on the claim to get a buyer insured on your, the property that you're selling. Yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily call it penalized, uh, yeah, but uh, it is part of the underwriting process with some of these companies. And some of them prefer that, you know, the, the home itself is clear. Maybe they're okay sometimes with the client, maybe having one on a different property or something of that nature. Um, but yes, it can affect um, the ability to get insurance with certain companies. That's absolutely true. Awesome. Well, I always end the uh, conversation on two questions, and I'll get to those in a minute. But I, I do want to summarize, you know, what we just discussed. I mean, we discussed, you know, uh, polybutylene um, yep. being potentially uninsurable. Um, it's going to be very difficult in this current market. Um, uh, we discussed, uh, you know, roofs, um, you know, having to have at least five years um, uh, left of useful life. Uh, we, we discussed uh, insurance hopefully getting a little bit better um, if we get a quiet season um, and lots of legislation going on. And most of what's happening now is based on legislation that happened years in the past. And uh, if you have any questions and you want to know or understand uh, the insurance market a little bit better, just, you know, definitely reach out to Justin Ross and we'll, we'll uh, put his uh, information at the end as well. Uh, but I always end the uh, conversation on two questions. Yep. What is your all-time favorite streaming series or movie? Ooh. And what are you currently watching? Oh, good question. All right. <laughs> Let's go with the favorite all-time. Uh, favorite all-time would probably be, uh, as a series, probably Breaking Bad. 
Oh, awesome. Yes. Yep. Uh, have you watched it a second or third time? I have not. So the interesting thing is, you know, it's funny how you, like, you know, people uncover things, right, I guess. So there's, in Breaking Bad, there's, like, colors. It's like, mm. so when colors happen, things happen. Like, I think, uh, like, when the color red is in the room, mm. there's about to be a murder. Or or, or or some injury or death or something like that. That's and like like so <laughs> so when you go to watch it back, it's like oh yeah now I, now this is cool because you know you're kind of seeing or foreshadowing or whatever. Yep yep gotcha. Um and what are you currently watching? Um I, I think I'm late to the uh, to the party on this one, but currently uh, watching Stranger Things. So oh yeah yeah that one's pretty good too. My kids love that love that yep. you know um I'll tell you I just finished Succession. Um, amazing uh yeah. you know program and uh i i really enjoyed that one um and uh ted lasso is uh is like one of my favorite all-time series I, it's just phenomenal it's it's funny it's uh you know it, a lot of times you know especially when they first came out like with breaking bad and mm-hmm. game of thrones and you know all these you know um you know crazy um you know narcos and all you know you have to like pay attention to like a lot of the you know because it's becomes a lot more serious and and the really great series but you got to basically pay attention with Ted Lasso it's funny it's light it's uh you know entertaining so I have to check that out absolutely yeah it's on Apple TV so uh listen thank you very much Justin uh where can we find you um you can find me uh by email it'd be justin period ross so j u s t i n period r o s s at goosehead goose like the animal g o o s e H-E-A-D dot com. Or if you want to uh, reach out by phone, that would be 954-880-2318. Awesome. Justin, your wealth and knowledge, I appreciate it. And you're my go-to insurance person, and I continue uh, to use you because um, you have a lot of knowledge and uh, give me great and sound advice. So, realtors, definitely uh, check him out. Um, if you have any questions, uh, definitely reach out to him. Listen, Breakfast with the Broker, every Tuesday morning. We will see you next week.